We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. You know, Wesley, there are times where Scripture, uh, people can say that Scripture is silent on issues, but there are so many more issues where the Scripture does speak directly to them, where it reveals not just the will of God, but also the heart of God uh, on any given particular issue. And to talk about that, we have brought in uh, an extremely esteemed guest. Uh, I've been a fan of Dr. Jim Garlow for years and years. Uh, right now, he's serving as senior pastor at Skyline Church in San Diego, California. He is the host of the Garlow Perspective, heard on over 800 different radio stations. He's got a PhD in historical theology, uh, a master's of theology from Princeton, a master's of divinity from Asbury. And his latest book that we're highlighting today is called Well-Versed, Biblical Answers to Today's Tough Issues. So Dr. Gallo, first and foremost, Thank you so much for coming on our program. It's a joy to be on with you. Well, we're excited. In the previous episode, we talked. We had Pastor Brother Birdie, and we talked about the gray areas. And some of the questions he mentioned we need to ask is, is it useful? Does it control me? Does it glorify God? And does it cause other people to stumble? But there are things, there are um, certain passages of Scripture, such as the Ten Commandments and the Sermon on the Mount, that gives us very clear over, or very clear direct, Answers and I noticed, uh, Pastor Jim, in your first—is it okay if I call you Pastor Jim? It sure is. Okay, all right. And your first and the first eight pages, uh, page eight of your book called Well Versed. But before I get to that, where can they find your book, Well Versed? Well, they can uh, go to the standard online places like Amazon.com, for example, or uh, Barnes and Noble has carried it. And or if they if they can't find any of the standard places. Uh, they could call Skyline Church in the San Diego area, and that's a 619-660-5000, repeating 619-660-5000. Great, and the, and the book name, the title is Well-Versed, Biblical Answers to Today's Tough Issues. Wow, what a timely book with, for, for the election season and what's going on in our culture and for the Christians who are just uncertain about some of the issues. Well, we at our program, uh, named Engage, do not want to dismiss these issues. We, don't, mm-hmm. we want to wrestle through these things. So I noticed in page 8 of your book you said, when the Bible speaks, implies, and stays silent. What do you mean by that? Well, there's times that the Bible's very, very clear on a topic. For example, it's very clear on the topic of abortion. It doesn't reference the word abortion, but it references life in the womb. So sometimes it's very, very clear. Uh, there's other times there's more implications. For example, on taxation, the chapter on taxation. And it might be good for the listener to know that we, we, we give the biblical underpinnings to 30 different political topics. So minimum wage, Social Security, national defense, capitalism, socialism, taxation, national debt, welfare, the judiciary, social justice, racism, judicial and prison reform, etc. But there are times when, when there are just implied things that we draw on, and in the case of the chapter of taxation was one of those, or inferences. And there are other times when there might be some things where the Bible is not specific on uh, a particular topic, and so we choose not to address anything of, of that nature. We try to stay with those things that are very, very clear, in the scriptures. You know, Dr. Gallo, I know in the process now, 
Uh, one of the things that I have to commend your book in is that there are so many footnotes, and there, the, the research in this is so well done, not just from a biblical and, and historical Christianity perspective, but also just simply from statistics and studies that you have read and and cite in the book. So uh, first off, that is, is highly impressive. But beyond that, um, you know, you... you are so good at taking uh, both a macro view of culture and also a micro view of, of some of these things. So first off, one of the things I'd like to know is how did you decide uh, on the issues you mentioned that you did over 30 issues? So one, how did you decide those issues? And two, were there issues that you wanted to cover and either couldn't because of space or time or anything like that? Interesting question. Uh, the answer to that, I'll start with the second part. Yes, uh, I was supposed to turn in fifty thousand words. I did not count the words until after I turned them in, and I turned in one hundred and forty thousand words. Wow! And so the first day, immediately twelve chapters went, and then I had to go through the existing chapters and cut down uh, enormously. We ended up with around seventy-two thousand words, I think it was something like that. Now to go to the first part of your question. Uh, there, there, there are three there are three surveys that might be good for listeners to understand. One goes all the way back to uh, about 2013, uh, when George Barna discovered that 90% of pastors agreed that the Bible speaks to the social and political issues of our day. But later on in the survey, 90% of pastors said they will not speak out on that which the Bible speaks on. So let's park that one. The second survey is one from the Pew Research Poll from 2014, in which, for the first time in a long time, two lines on a graph crossed. And those two lines were, all of a sudden, uh, inexplicably, there were more people in America wanting their church to speak out on social political issues than those who did not. That was such a radical change in a two- to four-year span so they actually thought it was an aberration at first. Uh, and then in 2015, back to George Barna again, in research that he came across, people who are active in their church, engaged, they identified 22 different political topics that they wish their pastor would teach them about. Mm. They went on to say the reason that they are silent is not because they're afraid. They're afraid of being called intolerant or something like that. They're silent because they don't know what to say. So that's what sparked the book to come into existence. But back to your then original question of how I arrived at the topics, in Barna's research, there was the 22 topics that he listed, and then I continued to expand it as I just listened to the dialogue going on in the presidential debates, uh, the discussions uh, on the news and such. And so I went ahead and expanded it to uh, uh, closer to 50, uh, then we had to pare it back down to the 30 that are in the book. Well, uh, J- uh, Pastor Jim, you know, I'm so excited about this book. Uh, I have two questions I want to ask you, but I want to ask them in order. And so TJ and I are looking at each other like, who's going to go next? You know, we're, we're really excited about this. Uh, first question is, what would you say to the pastor or the uh, or the youth pastor or, or the, the spiritual leader or the teacher in the church that are struggling with being that 90% that's not going to discuss these from a biblical perspective, whether that's on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning service or whatever opportunity they get, how would you encourage them? 
Well, if they're not discussing it, I, I suppose the first thing I'm saying is is repent and, and <laughs> obey the Word. And the Word is good. The Word is so good. And the reason that many pastors don't discuss it, they're afraid they'll offend somebody. And I understand that. Most pastors that I know, they love their people. They don't want to offend and wound people. And then there's also, uh, on a negative, that's, that's a positive, on a negative side, there is a tendency among us as pastors uh, to worship at the altar of nickels, noses, and numbers. Mm. We we don't want to see the attendance drop, and we certainly don't want to see somebody leave and take their tithe check with them. Mm. And so that, unfortunately, uh, has, has become something that shackles many pastors from speaking the whole truth. Here's the key issue. The Word is good, and by that I mean... Everybody knows that the Scripture speaks to how we're to conduct our personal lives. Everybody knows the Scripture speaks to how to work and how to work to conduct home life and family life and our marriages. Everybody knows that the Scripture speaks to how we're supposed to conduct church life. Everybody gets that, but somehow they have the mistaken notion that when it comes to government, God went, "Wow, I forgot about the whole government thing. How did I miss that?" Yeah. God established nations, and he established government. Mm. And in fact, early description of Jesus from Isaiah, uh, before, he, well, before he was born, it was the government would be on his shoulders. Yeah. The government's important to God. And so the principles from Scripture apply to how government should be functioning. If you have a bad government, and it, it can end up killing millions of its own citizens. Mm. Plenty of examples of that. If you have a good government, peace and tranquility would break out. And I would like to make the case that the Word of God is so good that if we had enough people, a critical mass of Americans, who would vote biblically and Christianly when they go into the voting booth, and they would hold their elected officials accountable for what they do, and we would follow the Scripture, we would have an outbreak of peace and tranquility in our communities and suffering Human suffering and mm. poverty would be enormously diminished, all because God is God and His Word is so good. Oh, praise God. You're listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. We've got uh, Pastor Jim Garlow in with his book, Well-Versed Biblical Issues to Today's Tough Issues. Well, sorry, Well-Versed Biblical Answers to Today's Tough Issues. And where can they find that book? They can go to Amazon.com and get it there. They can go to their local bookstores. Uh, Barnes & Noble has been carrying it, and uh, then Books a Million has been carrying it. Or they can call our church office, 619-660-5000. That's Skyline Church, 619-660-5000. And if a pastor and by the way, they can go to wellversedbook.com. Repeating that one, wellversedbook.com. Dot com. They can order there. Plus, on wellversedbook.com, I have 31 different video clips, videos going with each of the chapters, so they can use it for small groups, Bible studies, or discussion groups, or they can have for Sunday school classes. I have questions for, and answers for every uh, for discussion guides. We also have there the scriptures listed out. Sometimes in the book, only the references given. The scriptures are all listed out there at wellversedbook.com. There's an audio version, there's a Kindle version, and so there's a lot of helps to make it useful for a small group discussion. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Here at Engage Magazine, we're a team of 20-somethings here at American Family Radio. 
or AFA. And there's about 18 or 20 of us that are really dead set on reaching the millennials with the gospel and how that gospel compels us to, to search for answers like you have in your book. And when I came across chapter seven, I had to mark it because I know we don't have a whole lot of time on this segment to, to obviously to go through the whole book. And we want people to go get the book so they can read it. But in chapter seven, political correctness, and there's a quote from Charlton Heston, political correctness is a tyranny with manners. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because it seems like in our culture, the millennials are, we really are squeamish and we really tend to fold when it comes to being called names and just the political correctness process. Can you help us out on that? Well, political correctness is, is, is fundamentally at its core an attempt to muzzle or censor or intimidate or bully with style. Uh, and it sounds so good. It sounds so good. And yet at the same time, it's to silence truth. And it's really almost always directed at distinct components of Christianity. In other words, you can wear a T-shirt to school, but if it's got Jesus on it or the Bible or a Bible verse, that's unacceptable. So it's almost always directed at biblical values. And we, we need not stand for that. It's in violation, first of all, of our First Amendment rights, fundamentally. Our Constitution says that we can speak our minds on these issues. But number two, when the boldness of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, in Acts, Peter and John spoke out before the Sanhedrin. That was pretty gutsy to do so, and they said, we will not be silent. And I pray we raise up a generation of like you guys, millennials, who get it and who will not be intimidated, will not be bold. You'll be, you'll be loving, you'll be caring. We don't have to be angry, but at the same time, we can be straightforward, we can be bold. I was doing an interview on, a, on CNN, a well-known station with a very high-profile uh, host asking me the questions, and he kept trying to ask me so, about me to back up so-and-so's opinion or somebody else's opinion. And, and, and I thought, I said, look, I'm not here to defend that guy's opinion. I'm not even here to tell you about my opinion. My opinion doesn't even matter. Neither does yours. You're a bright <laughs> guy, but your opinion doesn't make any difference to me, and mine doesn't make any difference to me. I'm here to represent what God has to say. And here's what the Scripture says about it. And he actually began to stutter. He's a very articulate guy. Began to stutter, not because I'm smart, but because the Word of God is so powerful. It's the Word. Some people think that I'm calling for people to be more political. I'm actually not. Political activism is a great thing, and I'm for that. And I'm a political activist, but I'm, I'm understimulated by that. I'm calling people to be not more political, but way more biblical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in your book, you have a very kingdom focus. You even talk about how, you know, the, you bring up the question, would Jesus vote Democrat or Republican? And you say, neither. He would vote for himself. Um, <laughs> and, you know, because Jesus is not about us. He is about his kingdom and how we need to be living in light of his kingdom. So now let me flesh that out, too. This please. Is, it's very practical at this point. Some people say, well, I only preach Jesus. I don't preach politics. Well, fair enough. Don't preach politics, but preach the kingdom. Preach what Jesus preached. Well, what would that be? I'm, I'm a part of a denomination called Westland Denomination. The, early, the Westland Denomination was founded for the purpose of trying to break the power of slavery when the Methodist Church at that time said, don't you be political to their Methodist pastor. Don't you talk about that. <laughs> That'll split the denomination, because we have a lot of slave owners in the South. You'll offend them. So don't be, don't be political. Well, a group of guys said, well, absolutely we will be, because we think slavery is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's mistreatment of human beings who are made in the image of God. And they formed the Wesleyan denominations and built the early Wesleyan churches a day's journey apart to smuggle the slaves in the Underground Railroad from out of the South into the North. Now, is that being political or is that being biblical? That's being scriptural. 
And Moses said, well, I only preach Jesus. I said, really? You wouldn't have spoken out against Jim Crow laws? You wouldn't have spoken out? You wouldn't speak out against human trafficking? You won't speak out against the causative factors of poverty? Well, of course, we have to preach out on the things that Jesus preached on, and it's the manifestation of the kingdom. Hey, Dr. Garlow. We care about these things because thank you. of the kingdom. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Garlow. I'm sorry we are out of time. You can pick up well-versed biblical answers for today's tough issues at Amazon and also by, at Skyline Baptist Church. Dr. Garlow, thank you so much for your time. I hope you've learned something and take something that you've learned today and apply it. As always, share truth and apply scripture.